This is the Roaring Elephant Podcast for the 25th of February. Here is my always secure and very rarely breached co-host, Jon. I can't talk to you Yon. until you put in the 2 with a... I want to have your <laughs> authenticator code first. Oh, it's Dave. Uh, sorry, I, I don't have time right now. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a whole idea for call identification, right? <laughs> to see yeah, if you want to pick up. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, deny, deny. <laughs> anyway, yes, we're here talking about um, the Verizon 2019 Data Breach Investigations Report. It uh, came up briefly in one of our earlier episodes, and it's it's a it's a document that I've been following in its various uh, guises for a good few years now. But I think yeah. it's your it's your first uh, exposure to it, is it not, Jan? Yeah, I mean, I didn't do much with security in the past. I mean, you were in the Metron sphere, so you had uh, mm-hmm. some kind of obligation, I guess, to do this kind of boring stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's more recent. But uh, no, I hadn't seen it before. Um, I'm going to get into the Verizon part of it later, perhaps. But it's definitely a good yep. read. It's definitely not boring, as I might have alluded to before. Now, it's uh, interesting stuff. But, uh, well, let's keep the conclusions for the end of the episode. Um, yeah. If you have looked at this over the years already, uh, before we dive into the more details of uh, what's in this one, has there been any kind of, um, I'm not talking about the content itself, but has there been any evolution in how they present it? Uh, I know you like your visualizations. Have that become more interesting, more intuitive? Uh, is the way they do these things changed or has it been pretty stable for the last I don't know, decade or so? Um, so I've only been following it for the last about four years mm-hmm. or so. Um, and it's only been going for, I think about eight years. Mm-hmm. So the, um, the format is, is mostly consistent. I would say, um, they've definitely, you know, evolved through time. And in fact, there are, um, a handful of areas where in the document you will see kind of graphs that show the trends over the various mm-hmm. years that they've been um, running it. But for the most part, it's it stayed reasonably consistent, although, as you'd expect, it's evolved as the threats have evolved. So as new categories um, sort of start to emerge... Um, you know, malware wasn't really a, a thing when this first... Uh, sorry, not malware... Um, ransomware wasn't really a thing when this uh, document you know first um, started uh, but of course it very much is a thing now so as as various different categories of, of things have started to appear the reports definitely adopt, um, adapted over time and you know there are a few a few minor things as well with um, I think the the latest iteration this year is the sort of the bar graphs have a bit of a, a slope to them. And the slope is actually this idea about, you know, say 71% of breaches were financially motivated. But actually, there is a margin of error in that sort of estimate based on the data that they receive. And that slope sort of shows you how large that margin of error is for each individual result, which I think is quite a nice little sort of uh, visual tag or feature but yeah it, it's it's definitely evolved over time um it's just uh it's it's one of the the staples of of the uh, the cybersecurity area it's definitely something that uh, um a lot of people you know take a look at and 
and you mentioned sort of not not boring, but uh, there is actually something that they mention. Um, I think it's pretty early on in the introduction area that they they sort of um, the aim for this document is not to rub salt in the in the wounds of uh, of sort of things that people are already having issues, but it's it's about raising awareness and you know providing people the ability to learn from the past um and uh, they themselves often hear that this is you know, considered required reading in this uh, sort of space um but they aim to deliver actionable information in a manner that does not cause drowsiness fatigue or any other adverse side effects and there are a few nice little sort of uh, phrases like yeah. that throughout the document i think which it also has been something fairly consistent okay. they the information is really good but they try not to take themselves you know too seriously to the nth degree yeah that's something i like because i mean the report itself it's 78 pages including cover pages and everything i was thinking and oh god i have, to, have yeah. to read all this stuff and a lot of graphs but they do try to make it not fun in any way. It's not like it's a comic book or anything, although it does have no. the apparently obligated Stan Lee reference in there. Uh, <laughs> but it does have enough little, yeah, uh, beat points to just uh, make mm. you engage in the subject matter again, just to have a little bit of a mind reset from the drowsiness setting in, perhaps. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff, when you read up, it's very dry and statistics and whatever. They do try to make this, yeah, digestible, let's say. Yeah, as as palatable as you can yeah, make yeah, something yeah, yeah. that, yeah, as you say, can be very, very dry. Yeah. Now, how does this compare with uh, other doc- documents, other publications, uh, if there are any? Um, I mean, this is from Verizon. So are, Verizon is one company, yeah. so there's probably it's going to be a bias from that area. Although I couldn't really find a real bias, it's probably there anyway. But if there's more, yeah, I, I mean, the, the bias, the bias is always you know the the data that you can get hold of, right? The, mm-hmm. the, that's always the bias that exists in these kind of documents. Um, most of the major cybersecurity companies, in some way, shape, or form, produce. Like annual summary reports, um, you know, some with some with different uh, a different focus, mm-hmm. some with more of a uh, you know uh, not necessarily clickbait, but some with a sort of a um, a credential wall around them to so they can get you on their marketing list and that sort of thing. But I one of the reasons that I like the the Verizon one is that it is. Um, to my mind, it is done with a very, as much as possible, a very independent lens on it. Yeah. And it okay, it is it is primarily about data breach investigation. Mm-hmm. This particular report, um, and you know, other other reports cover other areas. But I I, I like this one because of its uh, um, sort of lack of. Um, sort of focus in that area. For me, uh, they didn't try to sell me anything here. No. And if yeah. you look at a lot of the things you talked about, a lot of the vendors having their own annual <clears throat> whatever, yeah. even if they're trying to give you unbiased and neutral information, it's because, oh, but we have this nice thing that will solve all your problems. Even if the message yeah. isn't that brute in there, it's always present somewhere. And while <laughs> I read this, I didn't really get that. Now, Verizon, as far as I know, don't really sell a um, anti-bad guy 
thing. It's just that, well, on their network, I'm assuming they have a lot of experience with things happening. And that's more the, 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 the sense I got from documents. Yeah, I mean, there's there are, um, depending on your region, there are managed services that you can, you can have from Verizon. You can have, you know, all of your... Um, yeah, all of your infrastructure hosted by them, for example, again, depending yep. on where you are. So the, there is there is an element of that, but it is absolutely in no way, shape or form, even hinted in the document, you're quite right. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's very refreshing. I mean, Verizon, I don't yeah. know, I, I, we don't have Verizon in this part of the world, but when I go to the US, uh, I always, or I read US uh, forums, they don't really have a good reputation. People usually curse about them. <laughs> uh, reading this <laughs> document, I would never have guessed that. Yeah, yeah. I think well, like like many like many organisations, many businesses, like the the uh, customer facing sort of mobile <laughs> network side of things. I mean, does anybody have anything good to say about their mobile network provider? Not very often. Yeah, but yeah. there's actually been movies where they had references to Verizon, so I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, part true, of their culture true. apparently. So, but anyway, <laughs> let's not go there. Yeah, moving on. Because also the documents are based a lot on uh, open source kind of things with uh, terminology coming from open uh, sources, definitions being taken from non-profit organizations, stuff like that. There's a whole bunch of GitHub references in the beginning as well. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. Anyway. So, I mean, what, what were your what were your sort of observations? You know, this first one of these that you've seen. What was what was the overriding? You know, was there an overriding sort of message that you think came through clearly when you were reading this, or after you'd read through this? Uh, if I had read this like six months ago, I probably would have been much more uh, sitting there, uh, maybe not eating popcorn, but really uh, enjoying all the wonders of horribleness out there. Because I've been in the the world a little bit more lately, it wasn't all that new anymore. So Mm. um, the the title work in progress at the moment, and we'll see if it will keep it, is uh, So Are We Doomed Yet? So (laughs) that pretty much sums up what I I was thinking. Uh, The one thing I was missing in the whole document... And maybe not unexpectedly so, I mean, maybe I was expecting something I shouldn't have expected, is how do we tackle this? But that, of course, completely contradicts what I just said, which I'm happy that it didn't sell me something, because the only way they can tell me how to tackle this is by trying to sell me something. That's how this world works these days. So, But that's the only thing. After reading this, I was kind of left with, okay, a lot of information. Interesting. Yeah. Now what? Yeah, and then I would no, put on my uh, my elastic hat and start selling you something. Well, there you go, there you go. Uh, yeah, I I think that's that's absolutely fair. That's not definitely not the focus of this nope. kind of particular I said awareness uh, uh, making people aware yeah. of the whole thing. Yeah, I think for for me the the sort of as I cast my mind back to impressions when I first read one of these the. There's there's a lot of um, sort of uh, th- threat or a lot of sort of fear of the bogeyman out there uh, in in sort of the areas of cybersecurity and there's a lot of um, a lot of areas where people are concerned about um, internal bad actors and uh, you know partners breaching systems and and things like that um, along with all kinds of things like uh, 
activists and and other er- areas where people are sort of uh, targeting you. Whereas the reality of of at least as as the data is presented here is that the majority of um, data breaches happen through fairly run of the mill um, sort of situations, external breaches, um, usually from you know hacking. You know, very rarely is there any degree of um, sort of on-site presence or, you know, physical access. Mm-hmm. You know, most of this is done, you know, thoroughly remote. And the other interesting thing, at least I found in this, is that, and I think some of this comes from from sort of uh, the movies and from other sort of uh, deep, in-depth um, hacks that you might read about in the news, but the a lot of the a lot, lot of cases the actual chain of the attack so from the initial sort of point of penetration through to the actual breach itself is usually a very very short chain and we're we're sort of we're we're taught or to to think about defense in depth and multiple different layers of security and all of these kind of things build up to an impenetrable layer um supposedly but the the truth is that most people just find a way past the majority of of your defences. You know, they find some route through. They start at one point. They maybe make two hops, and they're in. Um, and it, it's the a lot of the um, the concerns that people have are are definitely very real. But I think in a lot of cases, people are focusing in the wrong areas. They're sort of believing some of their own hype of, oh, well, I've got all of these different layers of protection between me and the big bad outside world or me and uh, my my sort of my secure systems. And there's no way that anybody can get through. And reality is that these people are smart, they're motivated, and uh, unfortunately, in a lot of cases, you know, pretty skilled. True. Uh, on the other hand, I would not, and I, I, I'm sure that's not what you're trying to say here, just to make sure, I wouldn't say that it's bad to have a lot of stuff in place, because just like with real life, no. I've got a lock on my front door, I've got double glazed windows with anti-shattering glass and stuff like that, because yeah. the bad guys will go for the easy targets first. And as long, I mean, I don't Very have true. to run, the, I don't have to be the fastest person in the world to outrun the lion. As long as I'm faster than you, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that that brings me to another point, which is if you look at um, one of the, the sort of metrics around the types of organizations um, that are, uh, are um, attacked, um, you know, 43% of the breaches involved small business victims. And that goes exactly to your, to your point. You know, the 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 huge conglomerations have invested you know multiple millions of of dollars pounds yen rubles whatever it might be in cybersecurity have invested a lot of money in that whereas you know the small businesses of this world in the majority of cases probably won't have invested anywhere near as much uh, as a as a percentage of of what they're doing and it, it you're right it makes them it makes them an easier target for yeah. that uh, for that area so yeah it, it's it, it's one of the it's one of the continual concerns is you know how do you 
how do you make sure that you're investing enough? You know, how much is enough? I mean, uh, it's one of those answers that it's a cost very, benefit very thing, right? It I mean, is. It is the big call, call, I mean, big financial institution, banks, stuff like that. They've got a lot of money, a lot of budget to actually build up something. But the mom and pop store, which has also been mentioned in the article here, they simply yeah. don't have the, uh, the the budget to put in the big defenses because the big defenses are expensive. Yes, you can go very far. Uh, you can put a lot of uh, hurdles in front of you of the would be attackers, but the pricing does go up. Uh, I would say exponentially, yeah. it's more than linear, definitely. Uh, yeah. When you go for the really, I mean, simple antivirus, it's it's free. If you install Windows, it's employed, deployed with the with the Windows. For Mac, it's quite easy to get stuff. If you want to get a step up, it's like a couple of bucks a month. Your your cable provider, ADSL provider, probably has a package as well. It's quite easy and cheap to get at the ground level to have some kind of protection. But when you go to the real head threat hunting. Uh, uh, yeah. endpoint protection the stuff like that yeah, pricing goes up tremendously and yeah i mean the bigger the honeypot luckily the bigger the budget to 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 block it end result yeah everybody's just about as um as likely to be attacked by the guys because yeah the more money's to be gained the more effort they will do as well yeah and a lot of this also comes down to education which is one of the the reasons why you know, I, it, it's very difficult to suggest that this should be read by everybody in an organisation, but I think there is a place to, a time and a place to come up with a, a summary of this, something even even more summary, summary than the executive summary, which we'll also put a link in the show notes to. Um, but just to, just to get people across a whole organisation thinking about... Mm-hmm. Um, cybersecurity in, in this in this way, uh, the some of the, the the messages here, I think, you know, could and should be broadcast to the all of the people that, within an organisation. And I know that a lot of organisations have mandatory security training now, cybersecurity training now. Obliged um, well, legally, right? Yeah, yeah, as part of their kind of standard routine within their HR. But uh, I think the the recommendations and and that sort of that sort of cybersecurity training, I've uh, I've never been particularly impressed with any of the variants of the online training that I've. Yeah. I've been through. I guess for better I've, or worse. I mean, maybe tooting our own horn a bit too much there, but we're above average users. We do have some experience with this stuff, and speak for been, yourself. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I've got my own server in the wild. I've been needing to protect it for the last ten years more. So I've by by necessity been kind of involved yeah. in looking at this stuff. Uh, but you're right, looking at this, the things we've, I've gotten from my employers uh, regarding recognizing a phishing mail. Well, if it has a lot of spelling mistakes in there, it's probably a bad email. Uh, yeah. That sounds like it's, yeah, whatever. But still, people are clicking on those links. Now, that being said, the awareness making does work because one of the results in this uh, report was that click-through uh, rate has gone down dramatically in the last years. So yeah. where things like uh, social engineering, getting information from social media and trying to get people to really convince them this is not a phishing mail but a good thing, they have to go to a lot more work these days to have people click on that cat picture. Uh, so it does work, apparently. 
Well, I think that that's a really good point. And the, the other um, very similar point about education is there are a couple of comments throughout the report about um, credit card skimming being you know drastically down over the last couple of years. And I, I think that is uh, an example of very successful uh, education. You know, people are far more careful about their cards. People are far more careful about, um, you know, looking at the devices that they're putting their cards into. I also think that there's probably the banks are now doing a bit of a better job around that as well. But I, I think, you know, education has a, a huge part to play in this. Um, I, I don't know. Firstly, for the, for the credit card thing, I think it's more the the, the hardware that changed. Because uh, don't forget that in the tw- the 2010s, when this report kind of started gathering information, in the US, it was very normal to use a credit card, an Amer- American Express card, and just have a signature on a piece of paper, and it was paid. And if you use it online, you didn't even have to do that. Just enter the number, and it's done. Today, uh, the, the little magnet, magneto strips at the back have been replaced by chips on the card, which makes it harder to skim a card like that. And a, at least here in my part of the world, if I want to use my Visa, MasterCard, whatever, online, I have to type in a PIN. Nope, that was last year. No, I actually get a thing on my phone, two-factor authentications included <laughs> there, to do that, uh, that, that transaction. So I think apart from the education, because there's still a lot of uh, web shops that do it badly, quote-unquote. It's also pretty much the fact that the banks have kind of, okay, we've lost enough money on this thing, let's do something about it. And it's also physically less possible, not impossible, but less possible to do this. And that's why I'm a bit uh, confused and yeah, scared, perhaps, with all of the new um, wireless just-tap-and-pay uh, things that are being added to cards now to make it even more easy than it used to be. I mean, I read a thing this morning. I don't know where I read it anymore. I have my usual morning reading material, let's say, at the breakfast table, where uh, there's something in the, in the US, in New York, where you can just have your Apple Watch sliding past a payment kiosk and blip, it's paid for, even if you didn't opt in. <laughs> <laughs> Apple is fixing it apparently. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. on the one hand, it's getting I mean, harder. In this, but in this in this particular case, they are just talking about the trend this year. Uh, so they're, they're not talking about like, going back x number of years. They're talking about you know a market shift this year, yeah. going from going you know a downward trend in sort of uh, card skimming. So I, I I don't think it's quite so much about the what was happening you know 5 6 years ago i think it's it's more about the uh, in fact they talk yeah. about it being less around um a marked shift away from going after payment cards via you know, atm or gas pump skimming or point of sale systems and more focus on e-commerce and i i think maybe maybe it's a combination of factors maybe it's a combination of education which i think hopefully but also i think it's e-commerce applications once you've breached them well you've you've got exactly. access to credit card data um if and, it's not uh, not well stored and it's probably easier these days to do that yes. not easier because yeah. it's less work but if you crash or, or hack one e-commerce system you can get yeah. a million credit cards. If you have a little skimming device on a hardware ATM, you'll get, what, yeah. 10, maybe 20? So again, yeah. cost versus uh, benefits. It just yep. makes more sense to go on the uh, automated part. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, an, another area that I think I, I continue to think is interesting and always have done, and this is this is something that almost every single cybersecurity vendor harps on about, uh, but I still don't think it's as well known in the wild as uh, as as I would like. Is this idea of the the timeline of a breach? Um, you know, time to compromise, time for exfiltration, time for discovery, and time for containment. And it, it's a it's a thoroughly disturbing um, set of of graphs. Um, in in basically what happens is typically a, a compromise, so a, a breach of a network will happen within minutes. Now that that doesn't include the 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 research, the yeah, reconnaissance, the sort of feeling around, but actually Finding once a point they of entry. find a way in, they find a, a a a breach, that initial compromise from start to finish usually happens in minutes. Um then the sort of the exfiltration of data. Great, you've breached the system. Now how do you get out the, you know, several hundred gigs of credit card details or personal information or database dump or whatever it might be? Well, that's that usually takes between minutes to hours, maybe towards days, but it, it doesn't usually take that much longer than that and it tails off pretty significantly after that. And, you know, those two things themselves to the majority of people might not be too surprising but the thing that always just disappoints me continuously is that most breaches are discovered after months months after they've happened um in some cases many months um and in fact there there is a you know nearly 20% of breaches actually take years before they're discovered mm-hmm. and that's just a it's a thoroughly scary, terrible kind of statistic to be um, to be the norm in our in our industry at the moment, and it, it's yeah. I don't. It's one of those things that I'm not quite sure what we can do to uh, improve this. There are, there are many people, many systems, and many technologies that that claim to improve that, but it's it's a particularly disturbing statistic. Um, and then you know the the final one is the containment, which is when you find something, uh, when you discover a, a breach. You know how long does it usually take for the containment to happen? And that you know at least that we're back on the good news side of things. That usually oh. happens within days, occasionally, oh, weeks, uh, sort of you know, trending down towards weeks <laughs> and and months. But yeah, yeah it's uh, that that set of graphs I find particularly scary, and I haven't seen that change a massive amount i must admit yeah the most worrying part about this graph and the also thing that makes me uh question the validity of the whole report to be honest the discovery one it all of the graphs they taper to zero again at the end except the discovery one 20 percent has no discovery timeline it just stays open and that makes me think that the reports like these only capture the stupid bad guys the really good ones we don't catch. We don't know that they're doing that, and have there's no idea. I mean, the really good. How many good ones are there? How many have not been yeah. caught, quote quote yet? Uh, yeah. But I mean, if if you catch a hundred, that's, that's why it's in. That's why it's in years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, but it doesn't even taper the, down in years. It goes beyond years. <laughs> it goes know, flat at twenty percent. <laughs> so that, yeah, 
That's the unknown. Yeah, but, but that's that's yeah, but that's because that's because years would. I mean, the next line would be decades, wouldn't it? Or the next data point would potentially be decades. And yeah, but it doesn't uh, go down anymore. It stays flat, so it doesn't matter what comes well, after that. Yeah, it stays flat. If, if, <laughs> but if the data yeah. next data point was decades and it went down to zero decades, yeah. that would still be thoroughly. Well, disturbing hopefully this is because the whole report only happened for like eight years and they can't put decades in there yet and that's the reason behind it but it's on the other hand maybe it's like the the black matter thing i mean 99 percent of all matter in the universe is black matter because we can't (laughs) detect it is this valid for this as well (laughs) it makes you wonder it makes you worry because again dark matter data breaches every found uh, compromise is one that ultimately failed although they probably got all the good stuff out of it before they were discovered apparently but still they were discovered and in the report they also have some mentions where hackers do their utmost to clean up after themselves so that they do not get discovered and uh, there's a whole thing about how the security or the the government services who capture bad guys do a lot of investigation and uh, interviewing of bad guys to get more information about how the whole thing works and what they figured what they found out one of the things that stuck in my mind was that hackers complained that other hackers weren't cleaning up after themselves well enough so they had problems hiding themselves (laughs) but uh, i mean the whole idea of uh, cleaning up after yourself is very much in their mindset so again i do wonder if we have found uh, like 101,000 breaches in this report how many have we not found is it the percentage point or is that the majority it's we don't know oh god i mean i i I would if if I had to guess, I would say it's probably not a majority, um, yeah, but know. it's definitely non-zero. Like yeah. it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a fairly sizable amount because because we know that stuff doesn't get get detected for years, and so that that by that by its very nature that means that there are many many breaches out there that are still going you know under the radar, and it's when when you talk about. Uh, um, uh, sort of hackers cleaning up after themselves. It's the the kind of uh, the thing that a lot of people sus- uh, that maybe aren't involved in this think is oh you know oh, they they just delete the log files after they leave. Well, no, it, it's it's not something anywhere near as as simplistic as that. In in a lot of cases, they're even like recreating log files that. Um, it's not just even deleting the lines that that show their activity. It's actually recreating yeah. log files that sort of distract and confuse and obfuscate anything that they've done. So it, it's uh, yeah, it's a particularly it's a particularly mm. disturbing area, if I'm, if I'm honest. Yeah. Because also, apart from the awareness, this is not just people doing this on a lark or just because they're bored or anything. I mean, looking at page seven at the beginning of the report, it's the, uh, yeah. the, the threat actors over time. I mean, the biggest curve on the top there is organized crime. And that's yeah. the way you say yeah, this is people that are actually making this their job, their daily job. The second one is state-affiliated, uh, which, yeah. well, yeah, it's also their job. And together, that's like... 90% of all the all the things. Yeah. Uh, activists yeah. had a little bump between 2011 and 2013 where apparently something happened. Was that the Snowden area or something like that? I don't know. Mm, could be. Could be. I think yeah. it feels like that time period that Snowden and the other, I forget, 
uh, forget the name. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah, they had a little do, blip, but those really disappeared after that and are becoming un- un- uh, not visible anymore. At the beginning of the graph, yeah. there's a thing called cashiers, which is apparently the people behind the cash registers or something. I don't know. But those have also disappeared. Now, there is a new breed of very dangerous people emerging, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw the graph, I was wondering, system admins? What the hell? But then reading on, it's uh, it's different, right? Yeah. And it's... in, In... in majority of cases, it's it's not uh, system administrators. In fact, I'll, I'll read verbatim from the the, <laughs> the report. It says, so it's system administrators are creeping up. And while the rogue admin planting logic bombs and other mayhem makes for a good story, the presence of insiders is more often in the form of errors. Yeah, so, yeah, misconfiguration. <laughs> As always, you know, it's it's usually cock up rather than rather than conspiracy in yeah, these yeah, cases, yeah, yeah. and that's. That's what they're talking about here. The systems have got significantly more complex, continue to get more complex. It is more easier to, yeah, more available. It's just easier to make mistakes the more complex that systems get. And uh, and this is, you know, this is no different. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons that there's, there's ever more data breaches and data leaks happening is because one of the things is, there's more data in the world. There's more systems to yeah. breach. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of will always have a growing tendency un- until that starts to diminish or flat plateau as well. But I kind yeah. of find it funny if system admins. I mean, you have organized crime, <laughs> state affiliated system admins. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually see, and I don't, I don't know whether you've noticed one, but one thing I haven't, I didn't see as a graph represented here is the. Um, the actual volume of uh, data breaches that trended over time. No, they just have a total number of 101,800 something, yeah. if I talk from memory across the whole report. Um, yeah. But apart from that, they have a couple of points where they say, yeah, in this area, it's only that much compared to that area, but it's not really yeah. being let out. And I did, I do remember reading there that I think they do it intentionally because there's a paragraph there somewhere that says, uh, as always, before you read these graphs, the time, the caveat we always give is don't look at these graphs and think that finance is much worse in security stuff than retail because the numbers are higher. It's because mm. they're a bigger target. It's because... Yeah. And I yeah. think that's also why they don't give really um, apples to apples number comparisons in these things, but more looking at trends and yeah, percentages and things. Yeah, would yeah, make sense. That, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, uh, one question I had for you. I mean, I know you're, you're the visual guy. Page twenty-eight. Do you like or hate? Me hate. <laughs> Twenty. And for people who listen to the podcast, yes, we're looking uh, at doing YouTube videos for this stuff. <laughs> but there's a big graph yeah. there, kind of a points combination. It doesn't talk to me. It's a nice drawing, but apart from that, yeah. I mean, it, it's. The, the title for it is Term Clusters in a Criminal Forum and Marketplace Posts. And the, the idea is that the they've data mined a whole bunch of dark web criminal forums and how many of them use words like CVV or carding or card or payment or bank account or bot or coin or personal and, and how are those connected? But yeah, really it's, it is by far the worst visual in the uh, 
in the document. Yeah, it's. Mm. I mean, it's very pretty. It looks like some kind of weird mil- malformed um, flower, but it, it's it's thoroughly <laughs> unusable as far as I'm mm. concerned and unreadable. The other graph, apart from little, from a lot of bar graphs, is the one on page twenty-one, which I think is pretty, and I think. It's me being obtuse for not really being able to read it. <laughs> so, so I don't uh, do any fly fishing, but if I did, <laughs> these look like the lures that you would use fly fishing. <laughs> they're very pretty. They're kind of, you can imagine the spikes being feathers. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, no, I, I, I know what you mean. It's not the most... Uh, it's not the most readable. Uh, but but form, they do but look it, like it, something that I should look at and try to figure out what it means. <laughs> They're intriguing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's for the most part the uh, the visuals in the in the report very clear. Yeah. Um, in fact, you know, the one just above, for example, incidents versus number of steps, which is what I was talking earlier about this. Uh, unbroken chains of, uh, for compromise you know the majority of incidents have you know significantly less than five steps between initial breach and, and compromise uh, yeah. so, you know but that's of course testament to the whole uh, preparation that they do beforehand yeah. right? i mean but it's also yeah. say sometimes it's months years of finding something to compromise but before they start yeah. doing it, like of course this also reports all the successful breaches because a non-successful breach is an incident and not a breach and mm-hmm. the ones that don't succeed don't get mentioned here so i mean a lot of preparation means okay i know exactly i do one two three and i'm in if it's I need to do one, two, three, dot, 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 one hundred, one, two hundred, five hundred steps, the chance of success yeah. diminishes very quickly for the attacker as well. So I think the whole preparation step is to make sure they have the shortest approach, the shortest, shortest path to victory or defeat for the poor victim uh, that they can find, of course. So again, is yeah. it biased? Not really. It's just it's it's reality, I assume. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's a quick kind of shout out right towards the end, Appendix D. Uh, page 75 has uh, all of the the logos of the contributing kind of organizations and that there's there are actually a lot of um, cybersecurity firms reflected here so you know we, we talked earlier about um, you know Verizon uh, having sort of quite a, an open view of this and it definitely you know they're they're, they're pooling data from a, a very wide variety of of cybersecurity and um, related organisations, which is, mm. I think it's a it's it's good. You know, that we we know that uh, in a lot of cases the the sort of the black hat community works together ish in a lot of things, at least sharing information, sharing how compromises are made. You know, in usually behind closed doors. Um, and the the good guys should be too, and this is I think this is one of the the nicest, most public ways that you can see this kind of uh, cooperation happening. Yep. So, so yeah. any I, closing thoughts? Uh, I mean, closing thoughts are as you were saying earlier: lock your doors, have your double glazing, <laughs> and do the digital version of all of the above. You know, the the the, the majority of cases. Um, you know, every everyone is at risk here, and mm-hmm. everyone is a potential vector. You know, any time that you uh, 
Um, one of the other, sorry, one of the other things that I was going to mention is they they talk about a lot of the. Um, you, know, you mentioned that a lot of the the clip through rate for fishing um, is is kind of dropping off, but they also do mention that the there has been a noticeable increase in uh, successful phishing attempts through mobile devices yeah. because people. Often, mindset. like they see something pop up, they have a different mindset. They they sort of they they make snap and I think that the comment was snap and uninformed decisions on whether to click or, on something. And there's just there's just less context in a mobile environment. There's yep. less Chrome around the web page, less to persuade or dissuade you from clicking on something. I you're think that's in, you're in the recreational mindset, and not in the if I'm sitting behind my desktop PC, I'm in a more business mood. If I'm flipping on mm. my phone, I'm less, I don't know, suspecting, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's it's one of those, it's one of those areas that we just, you know, as a, as a group, as a, you know, a set of people involved in, in this space in some way, shape or form. And it's, it's our, it's our duty to be a, a aware of this, but also, you know, communicate the, this and, and mm. continue to, to keep other people aware of it and just do what you can in your, in your daily work and in your, just in your day to be, to be vigilant. You know, don't, don't be one of these statistics if you can at all help it. And also keep mindful because uh, one in five of breaches were due to errors and uh, causal events, things that just were misconfigured, yep. things that people made mistakes, things that were published on the wrong email list and got distributed through the world. Yeah. I mean, a l- yep. one in five of data breaches isn't a hacker or malware or phishing, but just people being people. Yeah. And that's one in five. Yep. That's still a lot. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Indeed, if I mean, if if you could cut twenty percent of the data breaches just overnight, would that would be an amazing, um, amazing result? Yeah. But I, in in terms of the the sort of closing thoughts, um, you know, if if we're if we're going to use the uh, the potential title of "So are we doomed yet?" No, I, I don't think we are doomed yet. I think there is there's plenty of room for improvement, as as there always is. And I think we just need to keep up the job of, uh, you know, ensuring people are people are aware of this. And not necessarily people in our sphere, but that we're doing the, you know, doing our part to educate, you know, friends and family who are maybe less less involved and less aware. Yeah, I would also look at the more general media out there. I mean, a, a report like this is way too 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 hard to digest for most people out there who aren't living yep. this. If you look at the media, they're so hype-driven. Uh, one of the things in the report as, report as well is that a lot of people are talking today in the news about uh, Bitcoin miners and crypto miners <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and they're not that. even on any graph here because they're a minute occurrence. But hey, cryptocurrency is very hype, so that's what we're all talking about. I think there's a big yeah. part of the media that also should have something like this in a much more digestible form, much more condensed. Even, as I said, even the executive, executive uh, summary was kind of hard to digest if you're not in this world. 
but yeah. we need to do more on that aspect. We need to get, and that's, that's more of a general observation perhaps to end with, the media is so hype-driven, so let's sell a next subscription regardless. Yeah. We should go back to, I mean, was there ever a time when media was really informative? I don't know. I'm not that old just yet. <laughs> but if we weren't there before, we should maybe try and get more into that direction. I, don't know. I mean, I don't know. Even even cave paintings were had a lot of hype on them, so probably not. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the mammoth was always bigger in the painting than in real life. I know, I know. I mean, I catch this fish today. And, yeah. there, was, <laughs> and there was only one guy with a spear, and he had, you know, he did it all. No, I did it without yeah, the spear. The spear broke it. It was bare hands <laughs> across the neck of the man. <laughs> right, I think I can yeah. say that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> I think so. No more mammoth strangling for you. Well, you can support this Mammoth Strangling podcast. You can become a patron. You can uh, do a lot of stuff. You can go to YouTube, like, subscribe, ring notification bells. You can follow us on Twitter. You can use that Hadoopcast tag for that one. You can go to www.roaringalpha.org. You can find a link to the Patreon page, the YouTube page, and a lot of other stuff, including our merch store. And more information podcast is available there as well. I think I have it all. So until next time, my name is John. And my name is Dave. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye. See you later.